0: morning St. Michael's, please
1: stand. Lord, we come before you this morning grateful and full of praise. Lord, we just pray for the breaking of chains today. Lord, let your presence fill this place. Let us feel your freedom.
2: down to stay
3: known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
4: Jesus said the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God but by your heart, but by your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen.
3: Absolution, or remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you alone can bring into order the unruly wills and affections of sinners. Grant your people grace to love what you command and desire what you promise, that among the swift and varied changes of the world, our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the holy spirit one god now and forever amen oh yeah
0: sure.
3: all right <laughs> They're all there for you to bless them, (laughs) Phil. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for these young people. Lord, we ask that you would move in your spirit to fill them with your life and joy and teach them, Lord God, all the things they know to fight the battle for you in the days ahead. So we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You should.
5: Our first reading comes from Isaiah chapter 43, beginning in verse 16. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise. They are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. To give drink to my people, my chosen, this people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. The word of the Lord. This Morning Psalm is Psalm 126. We'll read responding by the asterisk. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, then our mouth was filled with laughter. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done
2: great
5: things, the Lord has done great things for us. Bring back out captivity, O Lord, those who sow in tears. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was.
1: Our second reading comes from the book of Philippians, chapter three, commencing at verse eight. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but from that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. This is the word of the Lord.
4: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. John chapter 2, beginning, excuse me, St. John chapter 8, beginning at verse 2. Now early in the morning Jesus came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, "Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you?" She said, "No one, Lord." And Jesus said to her, "Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
3: Maybe may be seated. Heavenly Father, I pray that your your word would be heard this morning, that you would speak to us by your spirit, watch over and keep us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a great honor uh, for me to be here this morning and preaching, and I will tell you it's because God is doing some great things at St. Michael's right now. And i just I just want to call that out it's just it's just an exciting time, uh, and I'm glad to be here <laughs> with you, of all people. Um, last week we heard a we heard a great word from Father Victor on uh, not really on anxiety, but against it <laughs> and amen, brother, I'm against it. <laughs> And, uh, not only that, not only is a great word, but, I mean, you notice the Holy Spirit really moved and people got prayer, uh, you know, it was a, it was a powerful moment. And you have to, you have to appreciate those moments. You have to notice them and see them. And, and when it's happening, you want to, you want to press into what God's doing. Um, I, I will tell you the, the, the one thing that just really during the sermon that really popped out was when Father Victor was talking about uh, Philippians 4.9. Of all things, Victor, I know that wasn't like the main point, <laughs> but it, it's like, do what you've learned. I thought, wow, that's profound. <laughs> no, really, do do what you've learned. It is good. I, I, I'm sorry if I'm missing the point of that whole thing, but it really meant something to me. Uh, And it was really that uh, the anointing and God and people coming forward, that was that was very powerful. God is in the business always of making things new. And you want to be paying attention. You want to be seeing what he's doing, listening to what he's saying and pressing in. So glad to be here. I have I have a claim I want to make. I believe, I believe that the joy of Lent is being forgiven. I believe that the joy of Lent is God's mercy. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. And I want to look at the gospel lesson, of course, right? Because it is this marvelous, marvelous picture. I have to get my notes out, though. I moved them aside. Um a Marvelous Picture of God's Mercy. It's, it's a play. You know, I've, I've talked about this before, about when I look at the gospel lessons, they're, they're, um, it's not reading philosophy there. It's a story about people. It's a drama. It's a play. It's like, what is going on here and who are there? And so I propose here, as we look at this, there's like two scenes that take place. In this gospel this morning, uh, the first one is with the mob, and the second one is with a woman. And so I want to talk about it in that context, right? Um, the first part, it is a cancel culture flash mob, <laughs> as if we invented something, right? There is a mob of people. There's there's um, Religious leaders, there's a mob of people, there's Jesus, and there's this woman. And this play is being acted in front of us. And the, the Pharisees and the scribes are there to test Jesus. I mean, it tells us that. It says so. It says, uh, they, this they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. <laughs> well, what's their beef? Well, I mean, we've read the rest of the gospel. We know there's conflict there. Jesus doesn't, doesn't, he holds them to a pretty high standard. And he's very blunt with them. But I'll say in this context, in this context where he is, it's, it's like um, you go to the left, a page or two, <laughs> just right before, maybe not immediately before, but before then, he's, Jesus is in Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles, big religious feast. Scribes and Pharisees are doing the work. And in, and in the end, the last day, Jesus says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. <laughs> you know, that's not the thing you say to endear yourself to the people that are in charge of this festival. Is anybody here bored to tears? Is anybody here thirsty? You've come here for life. Water is life. Are you, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Well, you can understand then maybe a little bit why they, the scribes and Pharisees might have had a little beef with Jesus and the people that were following him and listening to him. So they're there to test him. And then you have the mob. Huh. Why would the mob not be there? I mean, it's drama, it's suspense, it's gossip. I mean, you get to see someone horribly embarrassed on display that you can um, judge, look down on, be better than that. Uh, it, it participating in, in a, a drama. It's captivating. You can't look away. Can't look away. You just gotta be there. And it's a trap. And Jesus, when when he's confronted, it's like there's just these little tiny bits of dialogue, and they say to him, "Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act." Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? They have no interest in this woman. They don't care. And Jesus, when he's confronted with this, responds to them by ignoring them. He doesn't pay any attention to what they're saying. He sits down and he writes in the dirt. And, you know, nobody knows. Nobody knows what he was writing in the dirt. A lot of speculation about it. He's writing things that, you know, make people think of who they are and what they are and what they've done. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And, and I'll tell you, you know, I don't, I don't really think that it matters. And one of the reasons that I, that I think about that in that sense is that later, right, you know, it's like one of the beauties of Scripture is that I know how the story ends. <laughs> and so when i'm looking at what happens first i can look and see where it leads later in john john is describing jesus when he's telling teaching the disciples before he is crucified dead buried raised from the dead ascends into heaven about he's teaching them about the holy spirit and in john 16 go to the right several pages he's talking about the holy spirit and he says that that i have to go away that I might send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come and will convict the world of its sin. The Holy Spirit will convict the world of its sin. One of the things that I felt about that is that um, that's good because uh, then I don't have to. (laughs) Right? Uh, I don't have to. I think when Jesus is writing in the dirt there and waiting, um, it says in there that they were convicted in their conscience. And I think that is a work of the Holy Spirit. I think it's maybe not what Jesus was writing, but what God was doing in that moment for all those people that were there, that were there for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I think about this, um, you know, it's my, Kids were growing up, right? Um, they know what they did. You don't really have to work that hard to convince them it was bad and wrong, right? And I've said from here many times um, when when we've talked about sin, is I don't I don't have to do that work. And, and the way I say it is, you know what you did. You know what you did. I don't have to explain it to you. I don't have to convict you of sin. The real problem is, it's not the Holy Spirit convicting of you when you're weighed down by guilt and grief and regret over the things you've done that God has forgiven you for. I don't have to convince you. You already know what God wants to convince you of is his mercy and his forgiveness for all of those things. For all of those things. I don't know where I am in my notes here, but it may be something that comes up later. But I'm going to tell you, it's 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 like, it's not just sin. Right? We get weighed down with guilt and regret over our sin. And we should, right up until the moment that we receive that forgiveness from Christ, which we did in baptism. <laughs> and if you forget, go to confession. Because you'll be reminded. It's a sacramental event in your life where god is removing the guilt and shame of sin from you but i would say it's it's even more powerful than that god is going to raise us to new life he's making everything new there are things that i've done that were stupid but not a sin (laughs) fair There were father ed is amen brother (laughs) he knows He knows. He knows what I'm capable of. I'm capable of not sinning and still being stupid or making a mistake or maybe even, you know, making a decision that turns out bad. You know, I regret some of those things. I regret many of those things. (laughs) There are things about which I regret that are not sin. I believe that the power of God to forgive and to restore and to raise up is so powerful that it washes over all of the regret for those things. That I'm not chained to those things forever, but I'm set free from those things by his power. <laughs> and thank God. I mean, you know, literally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, uh, Jesus, after ignoring the mob, stands up and says, let anyone who is without sin cast the first stone. what well, I'm saying, by then, it was already too late. Because God was already moving in that group right there. And they say they all left, starting from the oldest to the youngest. And, you know... I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it means something. Like the oldest had a longer amount of time to really mess up? Or they were wiser? (laughs) I don't know. All I know is in the end, nobody's left. End scene one. The mob is there. It's gone. Pharisees and the scribes are gone. And all you have there is this woman and Jesus. And this, this, you know, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, there were so many songs this morning. You know, I lay all these things at the feet of Jesus. Uh, in the words of the songs that we were singing, it was like, oh my gosh, here's this woman, essentially at the feet of Jesus, who was uh, publicly shamed for something that is is probably her fault. Certainly, it appears that. She accepted the blame. She wasn't really, you know, they were going to stone her to death. You you know, what do you want to do today? Not on my list. Uh, So she's there at the feet of Jesus. And he he says to her, has no one condemned you? So Jesus, looking at the woman, has no one condemned you? Now, the woman in this story is... uh, This is her only line. So far, she hasn't said a word. This is her only line in the whole story, and her life is on the line, and she's at his feet. Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord. (laughs) I want to be that lucky. (laughs) No, I want to be blessed by God in that way. Has anyone condemned you? No one, Lord. You see what I mean? I believe that the joy of Lent is God's mercy. The joy of Lent is God's mercy. Now, I want to tell you something about this story that that I left out. I didn't tell you this at the beginning, but it was right at the beginning. It says, now early in the morning, Jesus came again to the temple. Why would anybody go to the temple? The temple is where the people of God went to meet with God and make sacrifices in order to be redeemed from their sin. It is the place where the people of God and God met together. It is the place where whatever the misery is of our life meets with mercy. That is the purpose of the temple. And on that day, Jesus, the Son of God, was in the temple. And this group came to meet with God. They came to meet with God for mercy, but they didn't know it. It's at the temple that this woman, shamed, received mercy from God. In Jesus' words to her, were, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more, and that that's important, because that's, that's like an important word, and there's so much in the scripture when you read that, and it's like he's not just, it's not just that woman, that Jesus wants to know, neither do I condemn you. For all those things you were thinking about when I was talking about, you know what you did. (laughs) Jesus' word is, neither do I condemn you. Stop condemning yourself. If you need mercy, go to the temple. Go where God is and receive mercy. Come here. I mean, we confessed our sins this morning, and we received absolution this morning. You can go to confession on, on Saturday and hear the priest say to you, what does he say? <laughs> the Lord has put away all your sins. The Lord has put away all your sins. Neither do I condemn you. <laughs> Almighty and most merciful Father, grant you absolution remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Those are the words of absolution that we heard this morning. They're powerful not because they're persuasive. They're powerful not because they're illustrating or educating or teaching. Those words are powerful because they change the world. You are set free. You are forgiven. You have received mercy, whatever it is. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I, I, wanna, I want you to enter into that, that level of understanding and appreciating that. And I want to I give you a picture of what that sounds like. Uh, this psalm today, the psalm today, Psalm 126, it's been on my radar for a long time. Because it describes something that I can remember in my life and point to and say, "I know what you mean right well this this psalm is associated with this mercy of God speaking to you. It says, "When the Lord brought back the captivity captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream." <laughs> Have you ever had a moment in life where it was like, man, it's like dreaming. It's like, this is so great and so wonderful. I couldn't be happier. I'm dreaming. Our mouth was filled with laughter. Uh, I remember the time I was thinking about it and it's like I was annoying because I was laughing, because it was so fun and so awesome. My mouth was filled with laughter. Our tongue was singing. Well, maybe not so much singing on my part, but... Uh, we're talking about how, how this changes who you are. Changes the world, right? God has set you free. You're, you're released. The chains are broken. Go, go and sin no more. How happy would you be? <laughs> Pretty happy. Very happy. It would make you laugh. It would make you laugh and sing. <laughs> The Lord has done done great things for us, and I love I love this. This is like this is like my kind of understatement. Understatement. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. <laughs> we are glad. Is that all? Glad? <laughs> Absolutely. We're glad. This is what it means to be glad, to be free. So I want to I want to. Put those things together for you. The mercy of God that he's extending to you today, right now, every day, all the time. This mercy should make us glad because he's done it. We say our confession, we hear our absolution, we go to confession, we hear our absolution to remind us and to once again have God reach From the infinite to who we are and where we are to recreate the whole world and to make all things new. All things new. The Old Testament, it says, you know, he's creating a new thing every day. In the New Testament, Paul, Paul of all people, I keep pressing on. I haven't attained it, but I will not hold back. I'm pressing in. And how, how joyous that must be to be pressing in to the mercy of God, forgiveness of God. Him, by His power, rescuing us. So pay attention to what God is doing. Press in. The joy of Lent is being forgiven. And, you know, we're being blessed here at St. Michael. so pay attention. See what you see, hear what you hear. And press into God. Amen. Amen. Please stand. And we'll continue with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, live life, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate, He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and Giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
4: Amen. Brothers and sisters, our hope lies in the saving life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us through him present our needs and those of the whole world to the Father. For the church... That she will grow in unity in order that the world will know that Jesus came from God the Father. Lord, in your mercy. For government leaders, that they will seek God for wisdom, truth, and peace. Lord, in your mercy. For our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering under persecution. Lord, in your mercy. For mothers who are expecting that they will welcome their child as a gift from God, Lord, in your mercy, from victims of violence and abuse, that they, may, that they will be protected and healed on every human level, Lord, in your mercy. For those who have wandered from God, that they will repent and experience the mercy of God once again, Lord, in your mercy. For us, that we will keep our eyes on that which is eternal. Lord, in your mercy. Hear
3: our Father in heaven, you have done great things for us. Hear our prayer. And give us the grace to be a thankful people. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Peace, the Lord, be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of the Lord. <laughs> peace, neighbor.
0: Uh,
5: So we just want to remind everybody the Ladies' Retreat is coming up, and we need your names on the list today. So I kind of just glanced at the list myself, and I know there's a few here that should be going. It's going to be such a blessed time. We haven't had one in a few years and all this COVID stuff has caused a lot of isolation. So I think really just for the fellowship and coming together, it's going to be so important for our church and for um, just our growth. And it's, the Lord always meets us there. So definitely um, get your name on the list Katie has a list. You can talk to Debbie Powell. If you can pay today, that's great. Uh, um, you can also pay online through the website. Um, you can go to mystmichaels.com and pitch giving, and then there's a drop-down for the Ladies' Retreat. So um, if you don't have a check today, that can happen sometime this week. But we definitely need to get your name on the list today, if at all possible. Even if you are not 100% sure, but you'd like to go, it's going to be really, really a blessing. So please see katie after church i have to run out right after church but um you can call me too if you have any questions or debbie powell as well
3: all right Amen. you're gonna want to be there gentlemen not you but ladies yes (laughs) you god's moving you want to be there phil you had something you wanted to add to about society
4: yeah um last week father jim and uh father victor i couldn't remember if you mentioned it but uh coming out and serving a society it was amazing uh this last Monday. I couldn't believe the number of people who showed up. The other thing that was amazing about it was the uh, uh just the fellowship the, the amongst the people other people in the town that have volunteered with us. We had numerous other people from uh, a place down the street that ministers to young men, and we also have another church that helps us out but the one of the things that was just kind of crazy was it was pouring rain right up until almost just a few minutes before we started, and then the skies turned blue, and uh, and then after we were done, it started raining again. So it was it was uh, it was an amazing moment. So come on out there, uh, we'd love to have you guys out. Monday's right.
3: Be there, be square. A lot of other things going on. Easter egg hunt is going to happen. So you know the you know the drill. You got to bring those eggs in. Bring the candy, bring the eggs. Put the candy in the eggs and bring them. That's the ideal. <laughs>
0: we've,
3: had, we've had hundreds, and uh, the kids will, will uh, greatly appreciate it. It is a great, great thing. So, uh, yeah, do that, and you'll see all the dates and times and the services, men's meetings, ladies' meetings. Pay attention. See you there.
4: As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, Let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
3: Receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love Him and for those who want to love Him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You have been here often and you who have not been here long. You have tried to follow and you who have failed. Come, because it is the Lord who invites you. It is His will that those who want Him should meet Him here. Come to the table. Let us come to the feet of Jesus and lay down our burdens that we might receive mercy. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Lift up to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Lord. Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. For you have given your children a sacred time for the renewing and purifying of their hearts, that freed from disordered affections, they may so deal with the things of this passing world as to hold rather to the things that eternally endure. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end as we claim... mountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted. He took bread. He gave you thanks. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave me thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray, Connie, Susan, Serena, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Denisa, Giovanni, Daniel, Jonathan, Nancy, Katie, Patrick, Darlene, the Marines and Sailors of Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. world. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper. Accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food and the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace. Grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel. That God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself, And not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you. And God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen.